like to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, everybody? Um, Tom, what episode is this? 20-something. 21. 21, yeah. We, 21. 21. Every every week I always forget. You'd think I'd remember because it's just... because we're just getting up so high up there. It's yeah, hard to it keep is. track. It is. It's very hard to keep track, so... Well, you've uh, heard everyone talking. Me, Nick, and Tom are all here. And Nick, what are we talking about? Uh, the three of us, have, along with some other people, we've got a uh, out-of-state turkey hunt planned for Memorial Day up in the great state of New York. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the property we're hunting, uh, maybe our plans, goals, that sort of thing. Uh, going to be a pretty uh, loose episode. Um, like I said, we're just it's, we're going up to hunting camp, but it's out of state. We're going to talk about how we're going to approach that and, you know, goals that we're going to have for the weekend and whatnot so tom what's your goal for the weekend so i'm actually going up this weekend do a little pre oh are you? i didn't know you were going up this weekend yeah doing a little pre memorial day bird hunting scouting and are you I, hunting or just oh scouting? yeah i plan on killing a long beard okay so you're just going to get a little jump on the game yeah i may or may not save a tag for memorial day weekend well then you can just call for me and i'll lay on down with my bow yeah if I, I I probably will. I'm gonna get one long beard. Could be two. I don't know. We'll see how the weekend plans it might out. Might get bigger. Uh, we don't know. We don't know yet. <laughs> but yeah. So that's my goal. Actually, guys, I'm gonna let you in on something. I've never killed a long beard. So yeah, I know it's depressing. But I was I, gonna say more surprising because man, you can call it turkey. I mean, your name is Tom. So the fact that Tom hasn't been killing toms is uh, I've been pretty killing- wild. Don't turkeys. tell me that a four-year-old or a four-inch beard is a tom. No, I that's where you're going that. with this. I was going to say I've been killing turkeys. I've been calling turkeys in for other people. Just the old Jakes from State Farm. I've uh, missed a few long beards in my day. I just get so excited up there, and I just it does happen. Jojo, the circus adrenaline boy gets with the, the best of me. Pet. But I think I got my emotions under control now, and this weekend we're going to get the job done. Right on. Yeah, I think. I think after, was it two weeks ago or three Opening weeks? day. Opening yeah. day, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're okay with it, we could, that'd be a good little story to talk about, you know, how our turkey season's going so far, if you want. Yeah, I don't care. All right, jump right in. Okay, New York opener, day one. Me and Frank, we get up to the cabin. Camera's rolling. No, camera's not rolling at this no, point. No, not at the cabin? You guys no. didn't do a little... Not the night before, Nick. That's wild. No, if you just let me finish my story. Anyway, get up to the cabin night before... We go out, try and roost these birds with, with no luck. And I said, I know they're not gobbling tonight, but I've been scouting these birds hard. I know exactly where they're roosting, where they're coming down in the morning. Showed Frank on the map where we need to get set up to get it done. And next thing you know, we're crawling into our cots, getting ready for bed. Alarm clock goes off at 4 in the morning. I make a nice cup of coffee and... You didn't even get that cup of coffee yeah, until we got back from hunting. <laughs> you so, forgot about it on the stove. Little side story. Yeah, I made a thing, a coffee with the percolator, and it wasn't ready by the time we left the cap or camp to go hunting. So I forgot to take it off the stove. So by the time I got back, it had percolated probably like fifty times. So it was. I would like, say more than that. It was like <laughs> a couple hours. Oil. Yeah. However many times it perks in like three hours, but yeah, it was like kind of like motor oil. It was not not very good. 
kind of wanted to throw up the whole time I was drinking it. But You did power through it, though. Yeah, that was my punishment for missing a bird. Tom, you just blew the ending of the story. Yeah, I missed a bird. But <laughs> we'll get to that story. So I tell Frank right where we need to set up. We get in there, bright and early. Oh, still dark. It's and dark and early. Dark and early. <laughs> and we're setting up. Frank's got the camera, getting ready to roll. Everything's perfect. Beautiful, clear, calm morning. And it's starting to get light out. And I'm like, why haven't we heard any gobbles yet? I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. And just when I think, like, okay, these birds are probably getting ready to fly down, we hear the first gobble. And he's, he's not close. Far. Yeah, he's poker straight in front of us right up the hill just like i thought and a couple more birds start going off down the hillside one behind us and i'm like oh we're right in the middle of these babies and even we heard a bunch of different turkeys but they weren't like hammering you know it was just a gobble here gobble there so So, just enough to figure out how many birds were around yeah so we were close enough we heard them fly down and they each gobbled one or two times when they hit the ground and I decided I was just going to let out some soft yelps and some clucks just, you know, to let them know where we're at. I do that and absolutely nothing. Silence. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? I've never had these birds act like this before. And so I just sit there quiet and not 15 minutes later, one comes right down the hill, right at us. And he gets to the creek, which is like probably... 50 yards stops goes into like a little three-quarter strut real quick comes back out of it crosses the creek then he gets like behind this little knoll that's probably like 20 25 yards away and his head's peeking up on the other side of this knoll and i was just i don't know what happened just choked under the pressure i guess couldn't handle all the being on camera was rolling yeah yeah and i laid an egg Blew a shot right over his head, and he flew off, then landed, and I watched him walk up the hill out of my life. And he was just fine. Yeah, we went, we didn't find a feather, nothing. Not even a nose hair? No. Not even one. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, yeah. Good news is, I hardly did any calling, so I didn't educate him very much to my calling sequence. Yeah, you say to the calling sequence. <laughs> just to the gunshot. <laughs> But, yeah, but if, if they're hearing the gunshot, it's already too late to get scared. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, not this case. Yeah. He still had ample time to get scared. <laughs> but that's not going to happen this weekend. By the time you guys are hearing this, you're probably already going to be seeing pictures posted on Instagram, and you're going to be like, "That's the bird Tom was talking about on the podcast. That's the long beard." And I'm gonna be like, "Yeah." So you got that to too. I'm glad that that's all you have to say. But yeah, you're well, telling the story. Well, I'm going to tell them the story. I don't have the story yet. The story's coming Saturday. So Coming soon, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. near you. Yeah. So that was the day one opener here in New over there in New York, not here. Here in Northern Not here. Kansas. And PA, it's, it's, been, it's been a grind. Opening morning out at the new farm, we called in a hen. And actually, this hen had a gobbler with him, but he didn't trail along. We heard this gobble, and we heard a hen hammer right back. He hammered back to her. So my dad's like, we better try and call on this hen, see if the gobbler will trail. So dad calls, hen hammers back. 
wait a few minutes, call again, hand hammers back, and now she's close. And she, I start seeing her about 60 yards, and I'm like, oh, that gobbler's got to be following right behind her. And hen comes into about 20 yards, and not a single gobbler in sight. I don't know what the heck happened. Hmm. But Wasn't horny enough. I guess not. So next time I went out was later on in that week. I think I went out Thursday before work. And I got closer to where I thought these birds were roosting. <clears throat> and hear him hammering away on the roost. He flies down, start calling. He's hammering back. He's hot. And we're working them for about 20 minutes. And next thing you know, here comes old Miss Hen. Bitch. Yelping away. You probably weren't using cat calls, were you? No. You didn't make me any this year. All you got to do is ask. I did and... ask at the beginning of the season. Mm. Mm. But still haven't got them. Maybe they're on back order. They are. There is a lot orders of orders. I've, I've been grinding on them the last couple so of weeks. You, you like chew on them or something? Like why aren't the ones you got last year any good? I only use mouth calls for a year. And then I always tell Tom they're good for at least five, ten years. No. They are. I used to only get I back... use a high quality latex that uh really good stuff. Back in my Copenhagen days I'd have one shot <laughs> midway through the season. Just something about that nicotine and tobacco juice really dries out the latex, but That's no. surprising. You'd think they'd hold up to that. You think they would engineer them for dealing with that sort yeah, of thing. It's a... tough to call with a chew in your mouth. Yeah, for some. <laughs> Not when you're a pro. Not for Talk me. to the long beard killer over here. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so anyway, intercepted by the hen. Nothing you can do about that. It's just, yeah, it's tough. So next week, me and my dad are like, we're going to get right in on this guy. And we're going to get him before the hen intercepts us. So we set up on him. Same bird. Starts gobbling right on the roost. We think we're about 50 yards closer than last time. And he flies down. We can hear him fly down. And he just hangs up out there. He's gobbling his head off every time we call. And next thing I know, I hear some hen clucking behind me. And I'm like, oh, no, not you. <laughs> and she circles around us and walks straight up to that gobbler and takes him away out of my life. So I figured out just where he's roosting. Could pretty much tell you the tree. But you going to blast him right out of it? Nope, not going to do that. That's unlawful. But what I am going to do is find his strut zone, and that's where I'm going to sit, because he's going to fly down right into it. It's going to get ugly after that. That's the plan. I've had these plans in my head pretty much every season where it's like a foolproof plan that's guaranteed to work out every single time. It It looks phenomenal on paper. Yeah. You just think, like, I've seen this bird do this every day for the past week. So I'm just going to set up here. He's going to do the same thing. He's going to fly right into my lap. And he flies out the other direction and, you know, is out of your life. But Not much you can do. No, not really. But, Nick, how's your season been going? Uh, season's been slow. Uh, I've been attacking turkeys with the bow this year. I uh, decided to up myself, challenge myself, I guess. Um, no blind either. I know some people are against that, but no blind. Uh, I think it's working out so good right now. But Have you called any in? I had called a hen in. And then I had one gobbler at about 70 yards. That's and you weren't throwing carbon at it? No, I like to get him inside of 60, but no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm, <laughs> no um, I really am trying to pull him inside of 30 before I shoot. Yeah. Um, you know, the closer the better. 
Uh, I was talking to Rich over at uh, Indoor Outfitters, and he actually he's killed a lot of turkeys without a blind. And mm-hmm. what he's been or what he's always done was kind of setting up um, facing away from where you think they're coming. So what he basically will do is try and figure out where they're heading, like in a field, and he's gonna face the other way. So like the birds basically walk past him. So they're facing away from him by the time he's drawing. Yeah. So basically, he's he'll put his decoys out, you know, say 40 yards past him. So the birds see that and, like, work right past him, have no idea he's there. And once they get about 10 yards past him looking at the decoys, then he draws back and shoots them. Hmm. Um, and he said that's worked really well. So I'm probably going to steal that idea and try it out a little bit. Because um, I just – I haven't haven't – thought through the process enough like i feel it's like because you haven't messed up enough exactly at it yet. <laughs> so i've been trying to take as many pointers as i can um like i said i've only had one gobbler in sight so far mm-hmm. i've had him gobbling every morning but only a few that were like in range like i had heard a couple the one morning that were more closer where tom was hunting uh, a couple hundred yards away but mm-hmm. been a, a slow season so far pretty cold season as well yeah it's been pretty um, wet too but i'm also doing a little pre-scouting uh, this weekend in New York with Tom, so uh, hoping to get the job done. Man, well, hopefully you guys have the birds all warmed up for when I come up the weekend. Try and There's save some for you. Left. <laughs> say, we'll they will all some. be dead. I got a little inside information from a good buddy of mine up there, Mr. Grabski, and he's hooking me up with a little honey hole on his farm where he's been hearing birds and seeing birds almost every morning. So, so they're in trouble. Is least. that relatively close to where... Uh, you and me hunted last year up there? Uh, like no. that field or no? No. No? No, not really. So, I know we said we're, we were, originally we talked, we were going to talk about our out-of-state hunt up at Morrison. Um, you and Tom, or looking at Frank when I say that, uh, Frank and Tom uh, have a pretty solid plan that they go through every year um, t- in order to get a bird down. Uh, and it worked two years ago, kind of. Just Ish. without Frank. Yeah. Uh, but if you guys I think maybe, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, actually. The full, the full story of, yeah. like, your guys' mm-hmm. like, your route and everything. I don't, I know we didn't cover, like, how you guys hunt that property. I don't know. I no, thought. we definitely didn't. So, why don't you guys take it from there? Basically, okay. So. There I was. Our plan is to set up in the cornfield. So, let me paint a picture for you. There's a corn. You're going to draw shapes for us? There's a, yeah. It's been there's, a few weeks since you got the shapes out. There's a cornfield, okay? And on the north side of that cornfield, in the woods, probably about 150 yards, is a huge gully that goes pretty much across the entire property. And that's typically where those birds roost is in that gully. And there's a corn stand right in the middle of the cornfield. And we set up in there... Because every morning those birds fly down and they fart around in the woods for a little while. And every morning they work their way up into that cornfield, pretty much right in front of the corn stand. So me and Frank get this idea that we're going to sit in the corn stand and we're just going to wait them out. So we get in there and we hear birds gobbling on the roost and they fly down and we hear them gobbling in the woods. And then they shut up. So we're like... All right, we need to get in the woods and get after those birds because they're silent now. So we go in, get on the edge of the gully, start calling. And usually the first time we call, we hear birds hammer back. 
Mm-hmm. So and we, not terribly far. Yeah, not far at all. So we, you know, work a little bit closer, get set up, and call again, and they hammer back. And next thing you know, it we do like this little switcheroo where now the birds are out in the field right in front of the stand we were at, and me and Frank were where the turkeys were. So it, it works out just like that pretty much every time. I think we've we got a good run about five six years going now with that plan. Yeah. And it works out exactly that way every single time. So then we're kind of like, shit, we should have just stayed in the corn stand because that's right where they're at. But corn stand's like probably 60 yards off the field edge, so it's not like you can creep up to the woods and or the wood line and poke them out from there. They're too far into the field. So then we're like, oh, we'll leave those birds for later. Let them do their thing out in the field come back into the woods and then we'll try and call them in again. So while we're letting them do their thing, we usually work the whole gully edge all the way down across the farm, just calling. And by the time we get down to the lower Lynn farm, there's usually gobblers in the field down there. And it's really nice because there's these pine trees that you can kind of hide in. And we peek out through those pine trees. You see the turkeys out there, you call, they gobble back. And then you kind of loop around to get yourself into a good position. And by the time you do that, the birds have gone back into the woods and you have no idea where they went. So it's been working out just like that really well. But last year, I was actually able to seal the deal on this setup. So I told Frank, I said, Frank, these birds are hot. You got to come with me. He's like, no, I got to go home. Can't go with you. I'm like, well, I'm going to go get one then. And he's like, go, go right ahead. So I go down there, do my route down to the lower Lynn farm and I get down there and there's birds out in the field. So I sit down and I wait and it probably took 15 minutes for them to walk right out in front of me, smoked one at like 40 yards with my shot, my Benelli, three and a half, of course. And <laughs> naturally nothing but, yeah, there was actually a group of four of them and I poked the lead one and had my bird back to camp. Frank was still there. I said, buddy, yikes! Could have came with me. I was we about to. I was literally like leaving when you got. And then I had to stay for a celebratory cold one. Yep. Then we had a celebratory cold one, and then Frank ran over our birdhouse. I sure did. I was and, smashed after that one celebratory <laughs> cold one. Yeah. We put the birdhouse up backwards. <laughs> and, <clears throat> yeah. and it was actually about that point. Tom came back. It was only seven thirty, maybe. Um, maybe we could quit playing with that because it's coming right through the mic uh <laughs> it's a pen but anyway so it's broken about 7 30 or so tom gets back to camp with his bird tom tells us you know if, me and joe he's like hey you guys should really get out there there's still three more birds and uh you guys should definitely get after it so me and joe headed down kind of close to where tom started jumped up there and uh called for a while nothing really answering call a little more Joe did some calling. I did some calling back and forth. Next thing you know, we get three Jakes coming up over the hill. Joe had never shot a gobbler before, so I told him, I said, when you're comfortable, take a shot, and uh, I'll see what I can't do. So bird, like, just breaks 40. Joe lets one have it, starts rolling on the ground. The other two take flight. I line up on one midair, shoot, boom, hits the ground. We both jump up, run after these birds, and just like that, we had three turkeys down. So... Yeah, it was an eventful morning. But I tell you what, that's not my approach this weekend going up there. 
Like I said, I got some insight from my good buddy John, and I'm just going to go sit in a hedgerow, and I'm actually going to wait for him to come out. I know. Really? Now, are you going to go with the quiet method, play a quiet game on him? He's going to say he's not going to call, and then you know he's going to get nervous at about 6.30 and let out a call. No, I'm going to set out some decoys, and I'm just going to sit there and wait, like... Every year I say that's what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to do it so this year. I'm g- I was going to say, what What about this year is different that you are convinced that you are going to sit there and wait it out? I'm tired of blowing it. Hey, Tom, if I were you, if that's your plan, leave your calls at home. No, because you can't do that. Because <laughs> what if plans change? You got to give them a little enticement, you know, sometimes. But if you're not going to call, how can? You, why would you need to entice them? Sometimes... You need to have a call because if they're in full strut, you need to let out a quick yep, yep, yep. So they gobble, stick their head out, and you can smoke them. And how many times have you been in that scenario? I haven't yet. But you're ready for it. I've actually shot birds in full strut before, but kind of messes up the breast feathers. Yeah, I've done that before. Actually, no, I messed up the fan big time. On that. <laughs> yeah. So if you can get them to turn sideways and poke their head out, you're a little bit better off. So Definitely. that's why I'm going to keep my calls. Other than that, they are going to not make a peep. <laughs> What's uh, what calls are you going to be not making a peep with? You got, what, what do you keep in the bag? <laughs> I guess what are, what are your go-to calls while you're out there in the Turkey woods? I have a slate call homemade by Mr. Tom Kranz himself. I have a friction call homemade by Frank Myers himself. It's actually a, I believe this one's a glass call. Real nice call. Loud. Glad you like it. I have an aluminum pot call. That's a really nice call. Yeah, you showed me that one a couple of weeks ago, and I really like that yeah, call. Yeah, she barks. She really gets out there. Yeah, I that's have, definitely like the loudest pot call I've ever heard. I have a box call. I don't, I don't, I'm not, not going to lie to you guys. I don't even know what kind of box call it is. It's one of them easy box calls. That, Speaking of box calls, um, have you... Seen that blackjack game calls? It's I've like seen it all over social media lately, but they're like based out of New York, like right up kind of close to camp. I haven't seen them. Um, yeah, Sharpie's all about them. Yeah, that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, he uses. Yeah, yeah, he got both of his birds on them this year. Um, but uh, yeah, he's been putting in the work. We had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago talking turkeys, and he's really been well, getting he, her done. Yeah, he was telling us he was planning his public land. Uh, we actually, the title of the podcast was killing public land turkeys with Keith Sharp. And he and sure did I, it. I think we need to have him back on. I'll, I'll talk to him cause now he's gone to the public land and he killed both his birds already. Yeah. So I think maybe it'd be cool. Maybe next week we'll, uh, bring him back on and do like a recap because clearly whatever he's doing on that public land works. So mm-hmm. if you weren't paying attention the first time, open your ears. You'll hear the stories this time. So, but yeah, that was, uh. That was it. You, obviously, <laughs> that you, was it. Yeah, Tom used mouth calls as well, not cat calls, of course. No, nope, uh, special edition. Yep. Well, all you gotta do is ask. So, but um, so, so you didn't even ask. I already did <laughs> earlier on the podcast. Earlier when later like using the phone. <laughs> but yeah, got a, I got three mouth calls that I keep in there. I really only use one, but it's an easy rasp. Which which one's your one like your go to you say? Easy rasp. And you replace that every year? Yep. And with the stores closed this year. Internet, buddy. 
Yeah, but see, I haven't seen any packages for Tom Stubbs at the house. I'm just, I feel like maybe you just threw out the calls I made you last year. No, you see, I actually got a pretty sweet setup for my granddad. He turkey hunted all over the country, but he's hanging up his turkey hunting boots. And he had this turkey vest full of unopened mouth calls that... He, oh, so they're just better than the cat calls. The ones that you didn't get me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I guess you got to know somebody. A call is better than no call. So. That's what I always say. Yeah, there yeah. was a famous guy that said that, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. And that's my write it in pen for the segment. <laughs> always <laughs> ask for calls ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, Tom's write it in pen. No call is better than a call. Right? No. No. A, a call, call is better than no call. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. With that in my arsenal, I call it my little bag of tricks that I keep in my vest. And that's what I keep in my bag of tricks is those calls. And yeah, hasn't been successful yet this year, but. This weekend is when You're my first bird coming on real soon. It's going to be wild. So are you uh, you holding out for a long beard? Yes. Or is that going to yep. be a game time decision? No. I know there's big birds in this area, and I I botched my opportunity at a Jake, so. Tell I mean, you what, I don't care what walks out in front of me with my bow. It's getting the hammer down. It's Yeah, that's how I feel. If I can see the slightest little bit of beard, beard poking out, it's going down. Yeah, any chin it, hair and it's I shouldn't down. say it's going down. It's definitely getting an arrow flung at it. Hopefully, it's going down. You're going no blind as well, right? Yep. That's wild. Yeah, so I just need Tom to really come in clutch with the calling and bring we'll him do, right in my lap. We're going to bring the camera up, too. We'll do some videotaping. Um, speaking of videotaping, this is, like, way off topic, but I got an email from Lone Wolf this morning. Oh, yeah? Um, uh, talking about, so a couple weeks ago, we had, you know, we talked about the pocket arm and we did our review and everything well <clears throat> lone wolf kind of like the whoever's running their email i think it's ashley um emailed us saying you know thanks for purchasing the camera arm, whatever uh if you guys are interested in helping us with some feedback and doing some like research on the in development on the camera uh let me know so i got back to her and she just emailed me back this morning um, nice let me know that like you know that with covid everything's kind of backed up but yeah um they're still interested in doing something with us so that's coming. We'll be using the camera arm quite a bit. She did, you know, say hopefully you guys are enjoying it and using it up, which we are so far. So it's been pretty sweet. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, so we got that to look forward to. Hopefully uh, you guys will be seeing some turkey hunting films coming. Oh, they're um, coming. Luke said, I think he's releasing um, our turkey calling video, which is a little late. But I mean, there's a lot of people out there that haven't got their bird yet. And I think Tom's... So it would be Tom's Turkey Tactics and Tricks. Talking Turkey Tactics. Talking Turkey Tactics and Tricks. Does it have Tom and Tom's Talking Turkey Tactics? I think it's Tom. Tom's Tom Turkey Talking Tactics with today. Tom. Yeah, yes. something like that. <laughs> but anyway, if you haven't gotten a bird yet, you're going to want to tune into this video. It's coming soon because uh, it's guaranteed you'll be sealing the deal better late than never. So As often as Tom does. That's I usually exactly. get it done every year, but <laughs> usually just Takes late a in the long. season. Late bloomer. I, yeah, I just decide. You know what? I'm done passing up Jake's. Next one that comes in is getting a hammer. <laughs> you know, and what's the fun in getting a bird the first weekend? Because now, what do you do the rest of turkey season? Yeah, you can't hunt anymore. Thumbs. Yeah. So, I but, mean, you could jump to another state, but yeah, I just like to hunt them up. You know, I'll wait till that last weekend and 
really get the job done then. But now that Tom's a working man, he can't just go jump in state to state anymore. You know, speaking of working man, you know, if, when this whole podcast started, Tom was just your unemployed, state-funded state, college. State, state college guy. I haven't um, been unemployed since, I can't even tell you when. Nah. <laughs> Student worker, he's, he was uh, the old government. You, you find folks out there were paying his checks at the old university. But anyways, that's all in the past now. Tom, do you want to just give us a quick life update? Big time on, college uh, grad. There he is. Yeah, because yep. this is big, big stuff here for I White I am a Cat. college grad. I graduated from Edinburgh University with a degree in criminal justice. Actually, I graduated on with the dean's list. Is that better than the honor list or honor roll? Dean's know. list is like above a three and a half GPA. Whatever, like, the good one is. Dean's. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the good one. I think they're all good. Yeah, the better one. Unless you, like, don't get any of them. Yeah, I think the only one's, like, I think shit list is the one you don't want to be on. But That was a bad list. I didn't yeah. make that one. So, um, yeah, criminal justice degree. And next thing you know, I'm selling printer supplies. So, <laughs> For Michael Scott? No, that's paper, buddy. I thought you guys did sell paper on the side. I mean... Probably on the low? On a little bit, but no. Competing with Dwight Schrute? Inkjet cartridges and toners. So if any of you listeners out there need printer, copy, or fax supplies. You're just giving them free up. advertisement right now. They don't even pay for that ad. I know. <laughs> so yeah, I can hook you up. What, you I mean, how, how would they get a hold of you? Do you have like a business card or something you could get to them? Uh, I will, but just <laughs> message White Cat. Now. <laughs> so now, now we work. How about with... they just message you instead of White Cat? Well, they might not White Cat play. doesn't sell the printer supplies. <laughs> um, I'm we drop ship. Gonna go out on a limb and say nobody's probably gonna. The only thing you. on a limb right now is turkeys. That's what no, we're after. probably not on a limb right now, buddy. It's late at night. Very late. It's no. not late at night. Sun's still out. But they will be on a limb tonight and through tomorrow morning. But I tell you what, come Saturday, there's one bird. It's not going to go flying up a limb anymore. So you're saying, yeah, Sunday or Saturday night, there's going to be one less turkey in the trees. Yeah, it's going to be because of this guy. Yikes! Um, before I don't, I'm just thinking this now, and before I forget, um, we had uh, two people that we on our hat giveaway that we ended up. I picked both. Only we were going to do one, um, but uh, I believe is it uh, McCracken. I can't remember his name. Ernie McCracken? No, I don't that's remember. That's not his name. Goose no, Guzik. No, that's that's the other one. Gus um, Guzik, I think. Yeah, Gus Guzik. Um, but the first guy <laughs> the first guy was Cody McCracken. Yeah, I was right. Um, Cody McCracken was the first guy that guessed um, the sheds correctly. I think he cheated a little bit. He used to be roommates with Luke. <laughs> that. That's but not no, cheating. That's not cheating, no. By he, any means. But uh, no, he uh, he actually heard about us through Luke, because um, Luke had you know, said something about us on Instagram uh, after he was on the podcast. So he tuned in. He commented right away that uh, 84 sheds. And um, so he was the winner. And then shortly after, we got Gus Guzik jumped on there. And he said 84 sheds, 14 deadheads. Now, I know... An even more right answer. I Yeah. Even though all we asked for sheds, I felt that it was pretty cool that he picked up on that as well. So I... On my own, decided we were going to have two winners. Um, Congrats, guys. So just for you guys, we're going to – Cody, I'm going to. I'm just going to send his via USPS. Um, Gus, I guess he said we can – Luke can hook him up. Um, right on. So why well, I said that was totally random, but before I forgot – I wouldn't say it's totally random because – I mean, it is white cat apparel. So yeah. Also, 
I'm just going to say it on the down low. We are taking donations for hats. So if anybody is interested in getting a hat, um, message us. Um, we're not selling them, but if you would like to acquire a hat for a small donation to the cause, um, let us know and we can hook you guys up. So they're pretty sweet. Like cat outdoors and get outside and it's got the sweet logo. Um, Nick's rocking one right now. I rock one almost every day. Um, the fishing ones are going really fast. Don't but, um, like hotcakes. So, just so you guys know, that's out there. Um, also, uh, while we're on news and good housekeeping, um, I thought, and I haven't even run this by Tom and Frank yet, but I'm just going to go for it anyways. Um, during or Is this you running it by us, or is this you yeah. going over our heads and doing it anyway? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, <laughs> so, because we are White Cat Outdoors, and we do podcasts year-round, but there's different hunting seasons that go on um, throughout, um, and I want to start what we call the Kill Report mm. each week. Um, while we're in a hunting season, um, going on the podcast, um, anytime we have our listeners or friends of ours getting it done, I want to do a little bit of a segment on you know a weekly Kill Report. Um, so this week, we got Zach Yonkin laid a bird down. Yep. We got Keith Sharp laid down two. Uh, birds and Connor Wakefield, uh, the whitetail drifter, smoked his first bird with a bow, no blind. Um, so I, I talked to feet. So I talked to him a little while ago when the season just started, and he was telling me he's, you know, he's after his first spring turkey. Um, first spring turkey, he decided he was going to try it with a bow and no blind. Lofty um, goal for the first one, but yeah. So he was telling me about that and how he was working on it, and then just this past weekend, got the picture. He said he's. Yeah. That's it's awesome done. that he got it done literally the first time he tried. <laughs> <laughs> like first season. That's so that's pretty sick. Um but yeah, so I don't know if you guys like that or not, but I think we're gonna I'd like to do and during the season we'll do the kill report. Yeah, I'd um, get down on that. You know, we could even do a quick fishing report and stuff throughout the summer or you know, during deer season because the big buck alerts were monstrous last year. Yeah. Um just monster bucks going down like crazy. So we didn't yeah, have the we podcast then. Submit a photo too. Yeah. And we'll yeah. post it up. Yeah, so I think that's just uh, if you guys, anyone that's listening and stuff, if you got get the job done, shoot us a message and we'll give you a shout out on the podcast that week. So yeah, Nick, next time you have a good idea, maybe have it a little bit sooner. <laughs> yeah, because we're in what week, week, week two and a half, three into turkey season. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, better late than never, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, no, or a kill report is better than no kill report, right? That's what the famous guy said. Yeah. That's Nick's right it in pen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, so we'll, we'll do that each week during the season. Um, so next week you guys can look forward to seeing my kill report up there. (laughs) That's true. Uh, actually that's, you know, I I think you guys hinted on like sending that out, but we should, you know, like every Saturday, cause technically Saturday is like the end of a week. Um, not technically it is. It is. I mean, cause it's like you're hunting turkeys that week, but you know, you know what I mean? Anyway, so like Saturday, what we'll do is it'll be like a collage of all of everybody from the, that, that week's kill report. So that's sharp. I like so if that. you guys want to end up on the kill report, send us in a picture. We'll tag you in the photo. It'd be do it by Saturday. Yep. Well, I mean, like I said, anything that's been killed up till Saturday, boom. If you, you know, if we post it up a little bit later or whatever, and you got a bird and stuff, you'll be on next week. So let's keep that rolling and get, get everybody's kill report out there. So I like it. That is good stuff right there. Thought about that on the way out here silently, sitting right next to Tom and Carly. and Catch it to yourself. <laughs> right over the head. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's about it for me at this point. Uh, do you guys have any uh, I guess closing remarks on the episode here? Uh, not really. I mean, just 
definitely expect to see me, Nick, and Tom on the on the kill report in a couple weeks, or even Nick and Tom this week coming yeah, up. I haven't. Been you saying you're not going to be in the woods? I'm just saying you guys are going to New York. It's a special trip, so it's it a little bit more exciting. Special. But yeah, I haven't since I am a working man now. I haven't been able to spend as much time in the woods, but I finally got a full weekend of hunting lined up. So it's going to be good stuff. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, that about sums it up for this week. Um, like you said, send us your pictures. You get us get up on the kill report. Uh, Gus and Mr. McCracken, we uh, will be getting your hats out to you guys shortly, so you guys can rep those. Yeah, thanks a lot for listening, guys. We yeah. appreciate you. Yeah, we always like hearing about listeners, and especially like I, I asked that guy, you know, how he heard about us, and he had told me just you know through Luke. So it's cool that like you know people are starting to hear about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know and. Uh, good fashion like we always do on the old podcast make sure you guys are just getting outside